Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractor's Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. What's up, everyone? Isaac, the producer here for the Contractor's Playbook, sponsored by Company Cam. We're excited to bring you an episode straight from RoofCon 2021. Here is Michael Gogan. What's up, everyone? We've got a special episode of the Contractor's Playbook today. Uh, we've we've gone on site. We're out at RoofCon 2021. Uh, we're teaming up with our friends at the American Contractor Show using their using their booth, and we've got the reigning 2020 Hurricane Hero from Paradise Claims, TJ Ware, uh, jumped in with us. We don't have our producer, Isaac, but we've got the ACS team taking care of us, so huge shout out to them. And we're going to talk Hurricane Ida today because TJ's, TJ's always boots on the ground, so I want to just get his perspective on Hurricane Ida and just talk through some, you know, maybe places where contractors are stubbing their toe um, with this particular storm or just storms in general. So, TJ, thank you so much for jumping in with us today. Man, I'm glad to be here, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so last year you we had a couple storms and you were boots on the ground. You earned title of Hurricane Hurricane Hero, right? Yep, yep. Uh, Hurricane Laura was a challenging storm. And to be honest, I haven't heard that many people that worked that storm that just really enjoyed it or liked it or said it was a great experience. Yeah. So uh, obviously it's, it's a really difficult time for, for everyone involved, the, the property owners, the contractors there. I mean, it, it can't be easy to see the, you know, devastation that these people are going through. Um, for you, what was the, like overall, like how bad is Ida? Was it comparable to Laura? Um, how, how bad is it down there? Ida was very comparable to Laura in intensity, but it impacted a much larger and more populated area. So depending on where you're working the storm, if you're only working a certain portion, uh, it could be extreme damage, like down south, Grand Isle, uh, Homa, places like that. Or you could have significant and severe damage, you know, throughout New Orleans and the suburbs around New Orleans. So because of the size of the storm and the fact it hit such a populated area, there is a lot of damage, and, and depending on what you want to get into, you can get into pretty much whatever you're looking for. Yeah. So kind of the reason we have this podcast, Contractor's Playbook, is I love to hear contractors' stories. I love to hear where they've stubbed their toes and overcome that and are successful today. And I felt like you were a perfect guest for this because, honestly, I don't want to talk to a contractor that is downworking Ida because that stub of the toe may mean their business goes under. Um, what are some like things that you think contractors must be doing? If you say, hey, I'm going to go work this storm, whether it's Ida or a future hurricane, what do these contractors need to make sure they're doing up front to protect their business for the long haul of working the storm? So I would say, number one, uh, I, I do have a good perspective on this because I was formerly a contractor myself and did some storm chasing. Uh, but also, because of what I do now, a lot of the contractors come to me with their issues. And of course, one of the main things when you're going into a storm like this is you want to be well capitalized. That's a challenge for everybody. No, no matter how big or small the company is working down there, they have hit the limits of, of, of their cash flow and their capital. And most of them are having to become more and more selective as the storm progresses because they've expended so much money and the living costs are pretty high when you're deployed like that. So that's a big challenge, that's a big hang up. Another thing that's a little bit unexpected that we're dealing with in a very severe way is a material shortage. We have a shortage of a lot of the materials that are needed for build back and for temporary repairs. 
So people are being creative, people are trying to be resourceful, and, and they're also um, needing to set expectations with their customers that this process is gonna take a significant amount of time. Yeah, absolutely, because I, I assume it's extremely important in, in all insurance claims, but these, these hurricane claims are longer, longer claims. I'm guessing that expectations, you know, being set with the homeowner is extremely important because you have to have them on your side throughout the process or it gets even more difficult. Is that is that true? Absolutely. But not just the claim, right? The build back itself, if they've got a large low slope roof and you put in an order today, it's going to be the middle of next year before that order shows up. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is that, you know, a lot of guys aren't going to put in the order for those materials until that is approved on the claim. So that may push you back another year. So you're going into this storm thinking, you know, do I want to be here for two years? You got to ask that question up front going in because I guarantee you a significant portion of the contracts signed from Hurricane Ida are not going to end up being built by that contractor. And a lot of it may just have to do with timeline. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing you hit on in your first answer there that I want to make sure that we note and I'll give a plug to, to Paradise Claims and, you know, using you as a resource. How important is it that when you go into this storm, you don't go in it alone? And when I mean, when I say alone, just your company go in and say, hey, let's maximize what we can do on this storm. But you go into it with a bunch of connections, whether that be public adjusters, lawyers, other contractors, um, water mitt guys, those kind of things. How important is it to build that network before you decide, hey, I'm going to jump in and start working these storms? Honestly, I think that's probably the most important thing that a company owner can do, no matter where you fit into that process of mitigation, adjusting, build back, whatever it is, uh, you need to have, have that network. Now, Hurricane Ida can be an opportunity if you don't have that network. This is your opportunity to build that network. Everyone is there for the same reason. They want to do business. They want to serve as many customers as they can. Go provide value to people and build that network. But every successful company that's down there working has invested in strategic alliances in one way or another with other companies because this is a team effort. Nobody can do this alone. For sure. So, you know, you've been there before. Um, and so speaking to that end of things, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of contractors, and I'm sure I'm going to miss some here, but two that come to mind for me that they're always at these storms are Crest Apple Roofing mm -hmm. and uh, Precision Roofing. You know, I, I always see Eric's team and Sam's team and now Dustin Beagler's team. They're always at these storms. What are they doing right that keeps them able to come back year after year to these storms? Or on the flip side, what are these contractors doing where they are stubbing their toe and it, it is catastrophic loss, you know, for them as a business. So I work a lot with both of those companies. I'm around them, personal friends of mine. And, um, you know, I want to run with guys like that for several reasons. Number one, they plan ahead. They're well capitalized and they plan ahead. They store that money away for next storm season, whatever that storm season may bring. And that's very, very important. That's part of the reason why Crest has been so successful chasing these big storms. So when people have called me and asked me, who should I work for? I've sent a lot of people to either of those companies. I've sent tons of people to Crest because Crest is going to be able to onboard those new people and, and put them out in the field and let them be successful because they have the support, they have the infrastructure, they purchase the buildings, they bring in the materials, they do everything that it, that it takes to operate well in that environment. 
And also what I enjoy about both of those companies is they're hustlers. Mm -hmm. We're literally out there door knocking together. And I, I enjoy that part of the storm. It's yeah. exciting. And you're closing tons and tons of business along with other people in the industry who are like-minded. Yeah, so let's let's key in on that a little bit because I love the hustle and I appreciate the hustle. Anyone that's willing to hustle, you know, I got I got mad respect for. My question is, and I don't know how much the contractor can get into this. You're the expert here. How important is the policy in these hurricane storms and understanding what's in the policy before I start doing certain types of, you know, emergency tarping, those kind of things. How important is it that I get a copy of that policy and I dig in as a contractor? It's it's incredibly important. It's almost of the utmost importance because you can have two businesses that look exactly like each other, right? This business may have $10 million they can dip into to fix all of this stuff through their insurance policy. And this business may have been losing money for the last 16 months and they don't have any money for repairs. And if they do have any insurance, it's not enough insurance and their business may want to take that money and put it in their pocket anyways. So knowing what the policy has there is vitally important. Um, it's important before you even go in and do temporary repairs. Is there enough money there to do the proper temporary repairs and do the build back? Yep. You know, that's a very important question. Yeah, attention to detail is a big deal. Uh, so much good stuff from TJ here. We'll be right back after this quick break. This episode of The Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by CompanyCam. CompanyCam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem-solve with guys in the field no matter where you are. Check out CompanyCam and CompanyCam Pro, now with video. We are back with Michael Gogan sitting down with TJ Ware at RoofCon 2021. Yeah, that, and that was a situation I... I haven't heard it on Ida yet. I'm sure we're going to hear those horror stories, but I heard it quite a few times with Laura where people were going in and doing, you know, the emergency tarping services and they were going all out on it and they were hitting, you know, the max the policy would cover just on the tarping. And then here you leave this property owner with nothing to do. Like, it's like, well, great. I got my roof tarp, but I can't actually fix it. Um, and at the end of the day, these contractors are going in with the intention of helping you know, helping people. Um, and so I think that's so valuable that what you're saying is they have to dig into the policy. Um, is it common that it's difficult to get the copy of the policy from these property owners? Very common. We even, it's a challenge for us as public adjusters. The, the client doesn't have it. The agent sends over the wrong thing or sends us the deck packet three or four times. It's not even the policy. You know, you try to talk to the carrier and there's such a volume of claims going on right now that the communication is terrible. So that can be a really big challenge, but it's very, very important. Now, the guys that are doing a lot of the emergency work, like they understand the risk there. The margins are also great in emergency work, right? Risk versus reward. So those guys are going to be a little bit more of your risk-taking gunslinger mm -hmm. types. Look at like Restore Masters. They're going to go out there and do a ton of, of temp work. And unfortunately, you know, they're probably not going to get paid on all of it. But they know that going in, and, and they're going to hustle and get enough work out there where overall the venture is very profitable. So if you went out there and you just worked a few big jobs and you struck out or you worked on something where there wasn't coverage, you could absolutely sink a company. I, I think every hurricane sinks, sinks numerous companies. Um, and that kind of brings me to my next question. If I haven't worked a, a hurricane before, what, whatever my trade is, whether it's water mitt, you know, whether I'm the roofing guy, maybe if it's even like the gut, like I'm specializing gutters or whatever it is. 
I've never worked a hurricane before. When is the best time for me to go in and start working that hurricane? And do you have like any advice on on that first storm for them to, you know, get their feet wet without hopefully sinking their company? I definitely say even if you're a company owner, don't be afraid to go work for someone else or do a joint venture or run a set or however you want to structure it. Work with somebody else. Be willing to make a little bit less profit, right? And sometimes you'll come out better because you don't have the expenses and the overhead that the other company has. But be willing to make a little bit less profit for the security of actually being able to operate, not go under, and and work with somebody good so that you're going to get paid. That's a challenge in the industry as well. Yeah, and kind of the common theme is, you know, network. Build those relationships. Um, I don't know if greedy is the right word, but it kind of comes to that, like, you know, and, and maybe it's pride sometimes too. Maybe it's not even greed, but like it's okay to go to somebody else that's done it before and say, hey, Crest, I've, I've never worked a storm before. I want my company to work a storm and I want to partner with you. It's 100% pride. It's 100% pride because the guys that have an abundance mindset and they're not afraid to ask for help or partner with successful people, they will make more than the guy that tries to go down there and do it alone. So it ends up just being pride. It's not a greed issue because if they're smart and they want to make more money, then they're going to do the smart thing and they're going to partner with someone who's successful. Yeah. I want to kind of tie this all together. Um, obviously, we have contractors listening to this podcast, but these contractors, oftentimes the local ones have worked with these people that are going to be impacted by a storm before. And the one, I guess you could say, plus of a hurricane is you see it coming from a long ways away. It's not... You know, it's not a, a tornado that just pops out of nowhere, um, hailstorm that fires up or doesn't fire up. You know, we, we watch these come in and weeks out sometimes. What can a contractor be doing with their previous clients to help make sure that they're in a position, if they're impacted by the storm, that they're in a position to be made whole for what, what's in their property? Is there any tips or tricks that they could be doing there to say, hey, TJ, I know we've worked with you before. Uh, this storm looks pretty nasty. If you could do this, this, and this with your property, whether it be documentation, boarding things up, I don't know what it is, but to make sure that your job as the contractor on the back end is easier making them whole. So you mean before the storm? Yeah. Uh, probably trying to get a hold of that policy would be one of the main things. And in some ways, yeah, you have some time. But then again, that time is usually filled with people evacuating or whatever. Yeah. So it's not the most useful time right before a storm. Uh, but definitely documentation is one of the biggest things. Photo, video, and then the actual insurance policy itself. If you're able to procure all of that digitally before the storm and it's stored in the cloud somewhere, then you're going to have that after the storm no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like you said, yes, there's so many things going on, but... If I'm a contractor that's local or if I've worked in an area before that's going to get hit again, having an email with just a little bit of like information for that, that homeowner uh, to say, hey, you know, we've been here, we've done this. Um, the sooner you can get your policy over to me, take pictures of all your rooms, videos of your rooms, get that stored in the cloud, um, get out of there safely, obviously, and let us know and we'll come in and we'll take a look at your property and help you be, get back made whole. That's right. So there were people in my close network that had millions of square feet to tarp before the storm hit. It was already set up. As soon as it rolls through, you guys come in and tarp all of this stuff. 
So people that are planning well ahead and making sure they have the resources are going to be more successful. And then after the storm hits, there are some important keys. You know, you mentioned how you could potentially blow a policy and burn it up with mitigation. But on the other hand, if you have ample coverage, mitigation is the key to getting your your uh, yep. claim paid well in the end. Is, so when we come in six months later and you said all of this was wet, and I can't tell it's wet, and it hasn't been ripped out, and there hasn't been a moisture report. Like, what am I supposed to just go to the insurance company and, and convince them on charm that this house got really wet during the storm? You know, but if you had a mitigation company come in and moisture map and take readings and do all the proper demo and dry out, then you've incurred that loss, and now the build back, we may have to work on the pricing, but the build back coverage is all but guaranteed. Yeah, I love that. And Obviously, we're not here to talk company cam, but man, what better way to get, you know, property owner, public adjuster, mitigation company, roofing contractor, whoever else needs to be all tied together and communicating on this loss. Um, it's going to expedite things, make it so much easier so that at the end of the day, we can get these policyholders made whole again, because that's that's ultimately the goal that we're all we're all battling. And like you said, I think you brought up a great point there. Yeah, why is the insurance carrier, like, they're going to make it as difficult, as, you know, anyway. Don't give them more reason to make it difficult and say, oh, well, no, we don't have any documentation or photo proof or moisture maps showing that this was wet, but good luck, TJ. I guarantee you the most successful companies in, in this industry are good at documentation, period. It's so vital. It's so important. If you're not that details person, you find that details person in your company or you hire that details person that makes sure that all of that is captured. If not, you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt your customers. Absolutely. So, TJ, I really appreciate you jumping in with us. American Contractor Show, huge shout out to you guys for letting us use your set. Um, pretty awesome set they've got here. Uh, I think my two big takeaways are you have to network. You have to build this network that's going to help you attack the hurricane. And I would honestly say you should start preparing. If you haven't done a hurricane, you should start preparing for what you're going to do the next time that one hits next year. Absolutely. Like, we're, we're already planning for next hurricane season right now. Yep. And, you know, go through your database of customers who's, you know, make sure I have that. Make sure, like I said, even just a little package email that says, hey, we know there's a ton going on in your lives right now, but remember, if you could get us these three things, we're going to help you be made whole even quicker. We're going to expedite the process. We're going to go get your roof tarped or whatever it is. Like, Put that together now so that way when the yeah. next storm comes, you're, you're not flying by the seat of your pants. It's, you know, trigger the email and let's get into the boots on the ground. It's a great idea. Michael, thanks for having me. John Dye, American Contractor Show. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. And thank you for uh, joining us for another episode of uh, Contractor Playbook. Big, big thank you to the American Contractor Show for letting Michael use their gear down at RoofCon 2021. And a big thank you to TJ Ware for all of that insight. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Contractor's Playbook. We will be back with more in a couple weeks. For Michael Gogan and myself and all of us here at Company Cam, thanks for tuning in.